All I ever wanna do is smoke weed all the time. Getting high, blowing trees with my G's on the grind. All I ever wanna do is smoke weed all the time. Getting high, blowing trees with my G's on the grind. All I ever wanna do is smoke weed all the time. Getting high, blowing trees with my G's on the grind. All I ever wanna do is smoke weed all the time. Getting high, blowing trees with my G's on the grind. Yo, every day is 420, so you know I smoke hella weed. I'm higher than the galaxy and feeling real heavenly. This shit I'm puffing on is that next level exotic. It'll put you in a trance to high. It's hypnotic. I need it. So who got it? I'll take a zip of them cookies and a fat bong rip. One hit for you rookies like a cheeky chong split. Dog shit got me stupid stuck. Still don't smoke no bammer in the SFC. You stupid fuck. Don't push your luck. Just kick back. Relax. Smoke a blunt. Take a fat dab of some wax. Blow some purple punch. Oh, hit the shatter. It don't matter. Smoke tarantulas. Be careful with them edibles, them bakers, not for amateurs, them club prices is scandalous, ever since they legalized, people voted yes, but them dummies didn't realize that taxes would be real high, like eagles soaring in the sky, clubs taking advantage of the tourists pouring in the bar, all I ever wanna do is smoke weed all the time, getting high, blowing trees with my jeans yep, 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 on the yep, yep. all I ever wanna do is smoke weed all the time, getting high, blowing trees with the my jeans on the ground, all I ever wanna do is smoke weed all the time, He's always playing dub shit. Check out his new album. I recorded this um, this EP on uh, on cassette tapes. Pretty fire. Get 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 your get your cassette tape copy directly from him. Dope music. If you ride bikes, if you love rap music, dope stuff. What up? What up? What up? What up? Big players, big pimps. Uh. Hanging out in my mini studio again. Um, for no reason, we're going to do a podcast at 2 in the morning. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, um, you know, there's just so many developments on this Ukraine thing. I've been bored recently uh, handling, you know, music and uh, gigs and other events. I feel like, you know, it's, it's a good time to pull up and talk a little bit about geopolitical stuff. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on these days. Kind of want to focus in on all of it. So, yeah, without further ado, let's get into it. Um, I got something I prepared real quick here. See if we can pull it up. Um, so, as we know, you know, um, I'm sure, I mean, who doesn't know at this point? But the Ukraine is involved in a war with Russia. At the moment, and Russia, of course, you know, recently invaded Ukraine. So we're gonna kind of dive into that a little further than just what the mainstream media tells us, because of course, you know, they're gonna tell us what they tell us. So you know, let's look at it from 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 different angles, see how many different perspectives we can get on the same topic. Um, I'm drinking these uh bomb beers that Jobby brought to the crib. Um, what is this? Oh, Bottle Logic stuff. Super crazy, eight point five percent. So <laughs> let's get hyphy. <laughs> so yeah, recently, um, you know, I was trying to go through the monetization process with YouTube and trying to get, um, you know, so- something going with the YouTube. But honestly, it hasn't really worked out. I've got all the requirements they need, but it's not really happening. So at this point, I don't care. I'm gonna go in on on politics. I'm gonna go in on everything. I don't care if they take my channel down at this point, so let's just get it. 
So, let's check out my list of crazy stuff. Got a whole crazy... You know, I kind of... I'm in the habit of just saving links. So, what do we know about Ukraine and um, and the invasion of Russia? You know, is it is this something that just happened suddenly? Is this kind of like... Is it been in the works? Like, what's going on here, you know? Because uh, we don't really... We don't really get involved in other wars unless there's something in it for us. Um, you know, why are we over there? So let's kind of talk a little bit about that. There's going to be a lot of things we're going to get into. But uh, let's so let, let's take a look at recent years. Like, let's, let's say Trump presidency, Biden presidency, um, changes that happen in Ukraine. So, so what are some of the things that kind of prepped us for this new war with, we're seeing? And we'll get into the war aspect of it, but I kind of want to get some backstory established first as to like how all of this kind of went down. We're gonna we're gonna get, we're gonna go far into the rabbit hole on this one, so yeah, just stay tuned. We're gonna see, we're going all in. So one of the first things I noticed about Ukraine was that ever since Trump became president, Ukraine has kind of been on the radar here and there. So I've always wondered like what's going on over there. Um, as we know, we can see here, um, why was Donald Trump impeached the first time? So the first time Trump was impeached, it was because supposedly he was withholding military aid to Ukraine, something like hundreds of millions of dollars, um, that were supposed to go to the Ukraine and Trump was holding those. Um, and so according to our government, uh, that was against the law, right? Which is very strange because Donald Trump was doing it because he held a speech where he, I remember he said something very clear. He was like, I don't want to get into, I don't want to support any more of these countries. Ukraine is very corrupt. You know, I remember at the time, at the time that Trump was making the speech, Ukraine ranked ninth on the world's most corrupt countries. So Ukraine is, is is highly known for corrupt activity. And Trump was basically saying, why are we still paying these people money? And, you know, what are we getting for our money? It's just extreme corruption. What's going on here, right? So for that, he got impeached. But the weird part is that before Trump... Uh, became president um you know during the whole election process or whatever uh actually after i should say after the election after trump became president and during the whole impeachment thing when biden was running against trump we saw uh biden's son uh and the whole barisma holdings thing that happened so one of those things um here i'll pull it up uh which is very strange this is directly right here. Like, check this out. This is a paper directly from the government, Hunter Biden, Burisma, and corruption, the impact on U.S. government policy and related concerns. So this is, you know, a staff report published by the government going into details about what Hunter Biden was doing in Ukraine um, during the time of uh Joe Biden being um, the Secretary of State under Obama. So during that time, uh, everybody heard about this scandal where 
Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, was on the board of Burisma. And this was very weird because uh, Hunter Biden, he, you can see, he was getting over $4 million a year um, by sitting on the board of uh, Burisma Holdings, which is an energy company in the Ukraine. So if anyone, all right, this is the trippy thing because Trump was impeached for this, right? But the son of Joe Biden has history in Ukraine of, you know, working for these corrupt um, energy corporations. And there's a funny video here of Biden going off about Ukraine. It's the funniest thing I'll play for you guys. So hilarious. To convincing us that we should be providing for loan guarantees. And I went over, right, I guess the 12th, 13th time to Kiev, and, uh, and I was going, supposed to announce that there was another billion dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had, they were walking out to press conference, and nah, I said, I'm not going to, or we're not going to give you the billion dollars. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. <laughs> I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting a billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Yo, he literally said, if the prosecutor isn't fired, you're not getting the money. So he deliberately withheld a billion dollars, way more than the hundred million dollars that Trump supposedly withheld which he never did by the way those funds were actually released to the ukrainian military for aid but biden threatened to withhold a billion dollars going to the ukraine and and he threatened to do it if they didn't fire a particular prosecutor so let's pull it like this and this prosecutor just happens to be the prosecutor that's investigating hunter biden and his corruption in Burisma. So I have a few links on that. Uh, Burisma and Hunter Biden. Let's see. Let's pull them up real quick. But in any case, um, that 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 that's what happened. So, okay. So we, we got a little bit of history with Joe Biden and Burisma Holdings in, uh, in Ukraine. We got a little bit of history with Trump. And not wanting to give Ukraine any more aid, right? Uh, so Joe Biden, you know, he he's come out and he said um, that we're gonna sanction Russian oil. So he said we're no longer gonna accept Russian oil. Um, our gas prices, of course, as we know, are super super high right now in LA. I think you can't get gas unless you're spending like seven dollars a gallon or whatever it's it's crazy out here and um you know this whole nato thing is going on where like you know we basically are taking or expanding into the baltic region with nato so i kind of want to talk about that a little bit and and what that has to do with uh biden because uh, a long time ago many years ago here it is uh, 1997 there's a video of biden talking about um the baltic states and nato specifically before he was president let's let's, let's take a listen to that i think the one 
place where the greatest consternation would be caused in the short term for admission, having nothing to do with the merit and preparedness of the country to come in, would be to admit the Baltic states now in terms of NATO-Russian, U.S.-Russian relations. And if there was ever anything that was going to tip the balance were it to be tipped in terms of a vigorous and hostile reaction, I don't mean military, in Russia, it would be that. So the way I look at the calculus here, so he's here predicting in 1997 that trying to get the Baltic region to, to join NATO would cause tensions and potentially lead to World War III. He says that's the worst thing we could do. And that's exactly what we're trying to do today. So ridiculous. Here's a, a current video of him saying the exact opposite. Today I'd like to provide an update on the crisis involving Russia and Ukraine. From the beginning of this crisis, I have been absolutely clear and consistent. The United States is prepared no matter what happens. We are ready with diplomacy, to be engaged in diplomacy with Russia and our allies and partners to improve stability and security in Europe as a whole. And we are ready to respond decisively to Russian attack on Ukraine, which is still very much a possibility. Though all the events of the last few weeks and months, this has been our approach, and it remains our approach now. So today, I want to speak to the American people about the situation on the ground, the steps we've taken, the actions we're prepared to take, and what's at stake for us and the world, and how this may impact on us here at home. For weeks now, <clears throat> together with our allies and partners, my administration has engaged in non- yeah, so anyways, he's just blabbing on about how we're going to take over Ukraine using NATO. In other words, um, here's another probe into the company tied to uh, Hunter. The impeachment inquiry is also making waves overseas. Ukraine's top prosecutor says he's opening an investigation into the company tied to Hunter Biden. Roxana Saberi reports from Kiev where President Trump's growing dilemma has put Ukraine's president in the spotlight. Thank You're good looking. Ukraine's media-savvy president is used to cameras. But these days, he tries to avoid them when it comes to questions about President Trump. Were you told that you had to launch an investigation into the Bidens or promise an investigation just to visit the White House? That's the current President Zelensky that's taking care of the invasion now. Mr. Zelensky has said Mr. Trump didn't pressure him to investigate the Bidens, but text messages appear to show U.S. diplomats promised he could visit the Oval Office if he announced an investigation into the Ukrainian natural gas company Burisma, where Hunter Biden was on the board. And on Friday, Ukraine's new prosecutor general said he'll review several past investigations, some involving the owner of Burisma, though he said no one had pressured him to do so. I've never met crazy Rudy stuff Giuliani. right here. Never. Before and Mr. Zelensky had to deal with this international drama as president, he was a comedian who played a president on Ukrainian TV. The show made him so popular, Mr. Zelensky launched a political party named after it, Servant of the People. This is very trippy. This year's presidential election in a landslide. So literally after this whole thing happened, first of all, the president of Ukraine 
became president, and I'm not even making this up, after being the producer of a TV show and the uh, the main actor, the main protagonist in a TV show where he is a teacher that runs for president um, and wins against all odds. So let's see. I have a few um, links here in regards to um, the current president, Zelensky, and his history. How did he become president of Ukraine? I, I was always kind of like, you know, like, how, how did that happen? Who is that guy? Like, you know, we, we we should know these things. Like, who who is the president? How did he become president of the Ukraine? Who put him in there? You know, all these questions that we may have. So here's the TV show that he was a part of. It's called Servant of the People. It's an interesting TV show. Um, Servant of the People. Ukraine. Uh, you can see it's just a random TV show that he was cast in um, where he runs, he's a high school teacher and he essentially becomes popular on YouTube on accident by criticizing the current government and their corruption and then, then the people just naturally vote for him and then he takes this platform that he gained from uh, being popular on television and he used it to win the presidency, the actual real presidency. You, you, you can't make this stuff up. You really cannot make this stuff up. It's insane. Um, the crazy thing is that um, after this film came out, you know, here's the studio that produced it. K. Vartal 95 Studio. This is the studio responsible for producing this TV show, right? I did a little bit of research into like how did this happen and there's some interesting things to know about who funded this political you, you can almost call this stuff propaganda. I mean somebody conditioned the people of Ukraine to accepting this dude as president by making him popular, you know, and so that he can win the popular vote. So that's very interesting. And Zelensky has very interesting friends too. He has uh some friends that are extremely rich that you know have billions of dollars in assets and copper and like in this particular article we're talking about um amber which is a you know a, a jewel and it's interesting to look at at kind of like who are this dude's friends so there's this particular character that his name gets thrown around quite a bit Kolomoisky or whatever right Igor Kolomoisky and he's said to be like a super corrupt dude that everybody knows this dude is extremely corrupt and he's like best friends with the current president and that dude Kolomoisky is was also on the board of Burisma with Hunter Biden so that's very interesting to know so basically there are some relationships between the United States and the government that's installed in the Ukraine at the moment so what, what does that have to do with us now? We'll get into that. So Kolomoisky, he, he literally was like the bank of Ukraine for a while. This dude is like really known for like super corrupt activities. Like billions of dollars of, of, of weird stuff going on here. Anyways, um. What does this have to do with the current conflict? 
we're getting to it. We're we're slowly creeping up on what that has to do with everything happening at the moment. So let's rewind for a minute and go back to the beginning and try and figure out how we ended up where we did. Um, so as we know, the Ukraine, um, you know, they've been kind of like back and forth for a while with the whole, uh, with you know, Russia is on their border. They speak Russian. Um, so there are Ukrainian natives, of course, and they, ha they, they speak a different language. But for the most part, most people speak Russian, especially those that live closer to the, you know, the, the Russian border, which is like Kiev and these cities. Um, the, the, the west side or the south side, west south side of Ukraine is the more liberal progressive side of Ukraine that wants to be more associated with the United Nations and NATO and Europe and these places. And that's been a campaign that's been at work. So that, that that's kind of the proxy war that's going on. Like we want the Ukraine to be under the European Union. Essentially, we want them to be part of that. And so that that's where the conflict arises. That's the, that's that's where it comes from. So this started like really long ago, like after World War Two, really. I mean, the Nazis were in the Ukraine and there were also, you know, Holocaust type stuff that happened in the Ukraine with Jewish people. I believe um, Zelensky is a descendant of people from um, uh, from that. But here we can uh, pull up. Let's see what this is about right here. So there's a lot of this kind of crazy stuff going around um, that uh, so that point at the studio uh, K Vartal 95 uh, being funded by specific, uh, you know, like people like George Soros. Literally, George Soros is a, has funded this campaign, which is very strange. Um, but let's look into the history first before we get ahead of ourselves of, of what what caused this conflict in in a sense so from what i know essentially um we've got uh essentially after world war ii right um the countries in the baltic region which is the whole you know um eastern european front they didn't want to join nato they were still friends with russia so they had to form what they call the Warsaw Pact. So let's read a little bit about that. Essentially, it was a treaty called the Warsaw Treaty Organization, the WTO. And it was amongst all of these uh, different uh, regions of uh, the Baltic states. And they all joined this um, organization here. Is Albania, Bulgaria, Czechoslovakia. Hungary, East Germany, Poland, Romania, Soviet Union. And they all joined this organization as a response to NATO because NATO formed after World War II as well. And they were essentially turning into a strong military presence. And they were forming, you know, lots of power. And they had us backing them up, the United States. I don't want to say us like us civilians, but I mean the United States government at the time. You know, and so they had to form this pact in order to prevent war from breaking out again, right? 
and uh, that's how they protected each other against against uh, NATO expansionism. So after they made this pact, after World War II, um, you know Germany was actually defeated. The Nazis, the Nazi regime, was defeated by Russia. It wasn't defeated by the European states or by the United States. It was defeated by mostly Russia. They did the hard work of fucking up the Nazis. So when they did that, something strange happened where our government kind of saved a lot of those Nazis and kind of redistributed them at the time. So coincidentally, NATO, of all organizations, um, recruited a lot of Nazis, which is why we get a lot of these people today saying like stuff like this, like, you know, Ukrainian neo-Nazis essentially, and uh, they are being funded and supported by NATO. So when people say, you know, support Ukraine, fight for Ukraine, they're literally supporting these neo-Nazi militias who have existed in the Ukraine for quite some time, you know, since like World War II type of stuff. And this has been around for quite a while. Like, I mean, you can look at some of this, and this is not like conspiracy stuff. This is like real facts. Like these people went from being elite Nazi officials to, you know, they were just transferred over to new positions in our new establishments, the head of NASA. But you can see that NATO's chief of staff, Adolf Hausinger, that particular dude is the NATO's chief of staff. He was third in command of the, the Reich, and he was like the general. Like he was the guy responsible for invading Poland and like all these places. So that's the dude that they chose to be NATO's chief of staff. That's like very strange, you know? Um so Ukraine has some history and some ties with like white supremacy that people kind of overlooked you know so um why are there nazis in ukraine right so there's like this question that people have we can read a little bit about it the nazi occupation of soviet ukraine the surprise german invasion of the ussr blah 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 blah, blah. so basically when um when the ussr fell it was like in the 90s, there was this like revamping of the neo-Nazi regime in Ukraine. Um, there was a Holocaust in Ukraine, right? Um, and the Ukrainian government definitely participated in that. So they're not like completely, their hands are not completely clean in that. Neo-Nazis active in Ukraine as White House adds 3,000 troops. This is a new article. New recruits take an oath of allegiance before being sent to the eastern part of Ukraine to join the ranks of the neo-Nazi battalion in Kiev, Ukraine. This is what the news won't show you. They won't show you the neo-Nazi badges that they wear. They won't show you that we are funding and arming, financing, supporting militia groups that have been around for a long time that are neo-nazi regimes it's very strange stuff to be honest i don't know what's going on down there it's very weird but why would we fund neo-nazis it's super strange um 
and in any case, there's a long history of this kind of stuff. I think it even goes all the way back to Madame Blavatsky, which is um, the inspiration for Adolf Hitler and his occult views at the time. I remember reading about Madame Blavatsky being, you know, an inspiration for people like Aleister Crowley and an inspiration for for basically oh, for Adolf Hitler as well. And she's the one that created the whole Aryan race idea, the white supremacy idea. That lady was born in the Ukraine. I'm trying to find her Wikipedia real quick that I saved. But there's a kind of a long history of white supremacy in the Ukraine. And even though the Russians defeated the Nazis, you know, a lot of them kind of hid in whatever places they could find. Ukraine was one of those places. So, you know, it's just one of those things. But what does that have to do with today? Like, So what does this white supremacy Nazi regime stuff have to do with today? Well, essentially, um, we've been backing NATO the whole time since like World War Two for like, I don't know, it's a very long time. And we've been, you know, getting closer and closer to Russia's borders. We said we would never invade the Baltic region with NATO. And we didn't. We just straight up did that no matter what. So I'll, I'll pull up a video here. Oh, actually, here's another interesting article about NATO's Nazi beginnings. So you can see some of these old pictures. The Duke, Hitler, and Ukraine. Very weird stuff. Um, NATO's secret Nazi past. Um, NATO Atlantic Council promoted Ukraine's neo-Nazi Azov Battalion. Here are some pictures of them. Oh, I actually have some of these raw pictures as well of them operating with their neo-Nazi symbols. Uh, the NATO Military Alliance de facto think tank, the Atlantic Council, promoted a notorious neo-Nazi militia in Ukraine, the Azov Battalion. This is, uh, you know, in 2014. So this is some crazy stuff. Um, and these are some of their symbols. Check it out. The Black Sun symbol, the new, the Neo-SS symbol, the Fourth Reich, essentially, um, the uh, military unit, the Azov Battalion, this is their symbol right here. And so, you know, this is the history, like, we really got to look at Ukraine from their beginnings, you know, how did they end up this way? Who is funding them? What? How is this happening? For us to get a better idea, we can't believe the news and what they try and feed us, this whole victim mentality type of of propaganda that, of course, we live in the United States. They're going to feed us what they think we should hear, of course, you know. So we really got to have open eyes and ears when it comes to uh, looking at some of this stuff. But let's look at some of these pictures here. This is in 2014. Here we can see some more pictures of neo-Nazis in action wearing that orange band. That's their their symbol or whatever. These are real pictures. So, I mean, this is 
This is the real deal. These are real neo-Nazis or whatever. And what I was talking about earlier, Madame Blavatsky, and being, um, you know, born in Ukraine, she's number one, Helena Blavatsky. She's literally responsible for having um, inspired people like Aleister Crowley and Adolf Hitler, which is very scary shit. Um, but yes, so that's kind of a little bit of the history. So, so what is happening there? So we know that Ukraine is a very corrupt country. We know they ranked ninth in the world as the most corrupt. We know that before this particular president, Zelensky, who was a TV star, essentially, that became president, there was another president called Poroshenko or Poroshenko, um, and this dude was like known to be super corrupt as well, but he was more on the Russia side. So I'll kind of I'll kind of play a little bit of this dude. See what you guys think. Thousands of protesters gather outside a district court in Kiev to voice support for Petro Poroshenko. Instead of demanding the former president's arrest while he awaits trial, prosecutors called for non-custodial pre-trial restrictions. But Thursday's surprise decision is unlikely to appease Poroshenko or his supporters, who decry what they see as selective justice. Petro Poroshenko, who was defeated by Volodymyr Zelensky in last April's presidential election, stands accused of issuing an illegal decree to appoint a well-known official as deputy head of the Foreign Intelligence Service, a position that did not legally exist. Stamping out corruption and investigating officials from the previous administration were among Zelensky's central campaign promises. But critics accuse him instead of using his powers to settle political scores. Since he rose to power, Petro Poroshenko has been questioned in 16 different criminal cases. For many, the case against Poroshenko is evocative of the Yanukovych era. In 2011, then-President Viktor Yanukovych imprisoned his political rival, Yulia Tymoshenko, to seven years in prison for abuse of power, in a move many international leaders condemned as politically motivated. Damn. <laughs> oh my God, I'm getting too faded. This beer is too strong. <laughs> but yeah, you see there? Uh, so there's this guy, Poroshenko. And he is essentially um, uh, uh, more of a Trump, let's call him, more of a conservative. Um, he's what I would consider more on the Russian side. He, he he was favored by the Russians, right? He wasn't so much a friend of the United Nations or NATO or any of these things. So he essentially there was a type of coup that took place coup d'etat that like kind of took over um and that's how Zelensky got into power so one of the persons that had a lot to do with that was somebody and I hate to bring this name up because every time you bring up the name George Soros someone's always oh tin hat conspiracy guy or whatever 
And it's really not that. It's like this dude literally had his hand in this. You know what I mean? So here is like the Ukrainian president giving him the highest state award for what they call, um, you know, philanthropy or whatever, right? Giving money to Ukraine for no reason. It's like, yo, this dude did not. Billionaire philanthropist George Soros, right? This dude did not give Ukraine a bunch of money for no reason. He needs something in return. So they awarded him with the highest award that Ukraine has, right? Your intense activities during recent years have extremely promoted the democratic change that we now have happening in Ukraine. Poroshenko told Soros. Poroshenko is president before Zelensky. He said Soros International Renaissance Foundation, which is, that's the name of the organization that he has in Ukraine, played a big role in the development of Ukraine's statehood in the past 25 years. Soros said that after receiving the award, that it was a great honor for him and for the International Renaissance Con uh, Foundation. So let's let's look that that place up. The International Renaissance Foundation. What is that? It's a Ukrainian NGO founded by George Soros. It was founded in 1990. George Soros has had his hands in Ukraine since the 90s. And it's part of another society called the Open Society Foundations, which is a much bigger group of NGOs that kind of like... So basically, Ukraine is not the only place that George Soros has his hands in. He does this all over the place. He gives them money for governmental organizations, community groups, academic, cultural institutions, publishing houses, and this is an interesting one, publishing houses. What is basically the news, the media. Basically George Soros buys the media in this countries and is able to move or sway which way an election goes just by making somebody popular like Zelensky. What a coincidence that Zelensky plays a part as becoming president in a TV show, right? A comedy show, and then literally does the same thing in real life. Like that's too much coincidence. But that's 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 what that's what these guys do. I mean, if you don't believe that there's such a thing as people who control outcomes globally, you know, some people want to call this the new world order or whatever. I mean, if you don't, I mean. There's clear evidence supporting this this kind of stuff. Here, this is something incredible. Check this piece of an article here. George Soros acknowledged in an interview with CNN that he actively contributed to the overthrow of former Ukrainian president Viktor Yanukovych in 2014. And he says, in quotes, I created a foundation in Ukraine before it became independent from Russia. The foundation has functioned since then and has played an important role in current events. That's a crazy thing for someone to say. You know what I mean? He literally is taking credit for using an invisible hand to manipulate other governments. This is in 1990 as part of the Open Society Foundation. This is some crazy stuff. So... It just goes to show that there's a lot more going on here. But uh, here, let's watch this video of Zelensky and his TV show so you get a better idea.
Здрасте. Goddamn computer. Come on. <laughs> Try that again. The comedian who could be president. Здрасте. Василий Петрович Голобородько? Да. Доброе утро, господин президент. Привет, как дела? Серьезный день, ребята. Как настроение? Класс? This before he was president, of course. не фейк, и я дуже серьезно отношусь до нашей страны, до життя каждой людини. Вот здесь, понимаешь? Теперь, они заставляют детей будки ваши строить. Знаешь, почему у нас жизнь собачья? Да потому что мы свой выбор с тобой начинаем в будках. Понятно? А выбираем из двух пи***цов. Выбираем меньше. И так 25 лет подряд. Ты знаешь, что это? Да, при решении этого вопроса будет учитываться специфика. Уважаемые журналисты, я прошу прощения, я не готов. К этой пресс-конференции. Как совместить физкультуру, спорт, если хотите изучить украинскую мову? So this is very weird stuff. Первая причина. He literally goes from like from a TV. I mean, oh, I hate to say it, but people are fucking stupid. <laughs> like. We literally vote in like Arnold Schwarzenegger or like Donald Trump because they seem cool or whatever. We've seen them on TV. This is exactly what happened here. It's like the same formula all over again. It's so obvious. It's, it's bananas. It's just wild to think that they could just keep reusing this old material and then it's just going to keep working. But that's what's going on these days, you know? And now finally these other countries are kind of catching up to our pattern They're using it for political gain, you know, so like obviously being a populist is working, you know, it's really working. It's very strange stuff. Here we got some like uh, super like <laughs> conspiratorial article here. Soros helped known actor Volodymyr Zelensky become president of Ukraine by brainwashing the country. So let's look at kind of some of the ideas they put behind this. Um, but yes, they go into the Open Society Foundations um, and how George Soros had a hand in that. Um, the infamous foundation originally placed in Ukraine by the New World Order with an aim to assist, assist the transition to democracy to a market economy becomes a parallel government immediately starting a series of projects. So th th that's how it works. They just they start putting in their guys, you know. And as soon as they start putting in their guys, the country becomes corrupt. I mean, who haven't we done this to? I mean, we've done it to Venezuela. We've done it to Libya. We've done it to Syria. We've done it to Afghanistan. Who haven't we liberated with freedom, a.k.a. puppet governments? Who haven't we done that to? That's like the oldest trick in the book that the CIA uses, you know? So clearly this is another one of our fucking psyop things that's going on down there. And we're literally just taking over this place um, because there's interests in it for us, obviously. Um, so here's another another thing about uh, Ukraine 
um, and the overthrow of the last president, how it was a coup. This is what George Soros was bragging about. So Ukraine's president, Poroshenko, right, um, he requests the Supreme Court of Ukraine to declare that his predecessor, Viktor Yanukovych, was overthrown by an illegal operation. In other words, that the post Yanukovych government, including Poroshenko's own presidency, came into power from a coup, and it was not democratic. So, and that was an, a real document. Like this is a real document that came out that 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 Poroshenko put out, saying this that it was a coup. And coincidentally, we have George Soros coming out on CNN saying, "I had a hand in this." So you can't. I mean. We've been working on this for a while. We, And on the news today, they make it sound like Russia's the aggressor, like Russia's doing all this bad stuff. Like, no, we are the aggressors. We literally defied and we broke all the common law that we had worked out to avoid World War III. And we said, no, fuck it. We're going to just take over Ukraine. It's like when Russia sent missiles to Cuba during the missile crisis and uh, that's what we called it, the Cuban Missile Crisis. Like, we were like, no, you can't have missiles on our border. And Russia was like, fuck that. I'm going to send Cuba some missiles. And, like, we almost went to war for this, you know? And we're literally doing the same thing back to Russia. We're, like, setting up a puppet government funded by us on their border. And we expect them to do nothing. Like, we're literally bullying Russia. We're poking them with a big-ass stick and just, like... You know, like, you ain't going to do shit. And we just keep poking them. It makes no sense. Like, we want war, you know. We are the warmongers. If we, people don't realize that our government is doing this, I don't know what to say, you know. Like, don't believe the hype. Like, the news, of course, they're going to they're gonna do what the news does. But this Poroshenko dude, you know, man, did he get in trouble. Like, he was a U.S. puppet. And at the same time, he wanted to be free of that. So... We kind of cut him loose, kind of like, uh, you know, we didn't kill him, but, you know, we've killed other CIA assets like Gaddafi and other dudes like this. I don't know. We just didn't happen to kill this dude, but he's still around, but he is like kind of like an outlaw. He's like, look, he returns to Ukraine to face charges like 16 cases, investigations pending type shit. Like, it's really crazy. But... You know, what does that have to do with us today? Why are we going to war right now? This is very scary stuff. Here's Trump talking about how they were trying to impeach him over this Ukraine stuff. Because, you know, there was a whole thing about a phone call and this and that. The radical left Democrat. God damn it. My little laptop is really struggling to do all this. I'll try one more time. The radical left Democrats are trying to rip our nation apart. The Mueller deal, you remember that mess? They had nothing. Two years, they spent $45 million, and the real cost is many times that number. And now the same maniacs are pushing the deranged impeachment. Think of this, impeachment, impeachment. 
a witch hunt, <laughs> same as before. And they're pushing that impeachment witch hunt. And a lot of bad things are happening to them. Because you see what's happening in the polls? Everybody said, that's really bull****. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine the president saying bullshit on TV. I have a perfect phone call with all of the horrible things that they've done. With the president of Ukraine, they tried to claim that it's an impeachable offense. And one of the women said this morning, excuse me, I'm voting for Trump. I happened to read the transcript of his phone call, and he did absolutely nothing wrong, and I'm voting. Can you imagine? They take this perfect call, and they want to impeach your president. So the president of Ukraine <laughs> declared that there was no pressure put on me. Now, he's the only one that matters. There was no pressure. He said it all different ways. There was no pressure. They don't even know what they're talking about. It's a scam. It's a hoax. The Ukrainian foreign minister stated, and I quote, Ambassador Sondland did not tell us and certainly did not tell me about a connection between the assistance and the investigations. Never told them. I have never had a direct link between investigations and security assistance. It's really crazy stuff. You know, they, they really went after Trump at the time with this whole Ukraine stuff. I mean, they literally tried to impeach him for it. It's ridiculous. When Joe Biden went and did the same thing, he hasn't been impeached for anything. It's ridiculous. Um, but, you know, with there being so much ties between our government and Ukraine, you know, what's going to happen next? We don't know, you know. I hate to say it, but some World War Three type vibes are coming around you know and i really don't like it i mean who knows what's gonna happen i mean if this kind of stuff is happening we know what happened in the world war ii like other countries started taking advantage you know we may see taiwan getting taken over by china because you know they're trying to cut off our assets i mean think about this we are trying to sanction russia from being able to purchase oil like what's that gonna do i mean russia produces a huge amount of oil. Like, they're not going to be banging anyone for energy. If anything, our gas prices are the ones going up when they're doing this. It's ridiculous. So, like, you know, what what are we gaining by supposedly sanctioning Russian oil? We'll listen to Biden kind of talk a little bit about this. It's Here with ABC Senior Foreign Correspondent Ian Panel in Kiev again tonight. Tonight. Thousands of civilians evacuating besieged cities across Ukraine under fragile and temporary ceasefires. But it's been an imperfect peace that ended at nightfall. In Sumy, by the Russian border, the Red Cross helping to get people out as tanks can be seen firing nearby in video posted online. Before the ceasefire came into effect, 21 people, including two children, were killed in the city overnight when Cheers. a residential area was shelled. Some convoys were able to leave frontline towns, but evacuations in some other Ooh. major cities failed because of the fighting. Vowing not to subsidize Putin's war, President Biden today banned all imports of Russian energy into the U.S. That means Russian oil will no longer be acceptable at U.S. ports and the American people will deal another powerful blow to Putin's war machine. 
Yo, Russian oil makes up 8% of all American oil. That's ridiculous. Oh my God, Biden's fucking retarded. That's all I got to say. <laughs> 3% of oil used in the US last year came from Russia. And Biden That's a lie. It's 8%. Prices would rise. Defending freedom is going to cost. It's going to cost us as well. The UK also No, said it ain't going to cost you shit, motherfucker. It's going to cost us, our pockets. They're taxing us to fund this war, and they just figured out a clever way to do it. They're not going to tax us actual taxes, money to fund the war. Whether you support war in Ukraine or not, we're getting taxed. If you need to drive your car, you're getting taxed. That's just how it is. Would phase out Russian energy imports by the end of the year. But so far, they're alone among European countries. And in another major development tonight, Poland announcing it's ready to transfer all of its Soviet-era MiG-29 jets, about two dozen, to US forces in Germany, which could then potentially be Bad given news. to the Ukrainian Air Force. Bad news. We're talking about giving weapons to the Ukraine... Nazi regime, Ukraine, to fight Russia. We're fighting a proxy war. We're literally supporting the death of some people, but not others. Like, why do we support Ukraine? Why do we give them weapons to shoot Russians? Why not just stop war altogether? Such a weird phenomenon to watch the progressive left. Will we consider people of peace, people that don't support war, the traditional group set of minds that would be against war, that would be against all types of war. To watch these people warmonger is such a weird thing. Like, all of these people are literally on this, like, support Ukraine boat. And it's like, yo, don't do that. Like, by saying that, you're supporting war. Like, you want, you want to give them weapons to shoot Russians? Why? Why should any, why should anyone die? Like, what do we have to gain from supporting that type of behavior? Or what this is it's such a weird thing. Ukrainian President Zelensky was pleading for more air power in an exclusive interview with David. We asked not only the United States, we asked many other countries. I'm not going to name them. We looked into this question. We know where these Soviet planes are stationed which uh, countries host them, and we ask these countries. And in many ways, it is the United States, in many ways, who will decide. Do you believe the president could be doing more to help? I'm sure that the president can do more. I'm sure he can, and I would like to believe that, that he's capable of doing that. Poland's asking the U.S. to replace the jets it hands over. But the Pentagon now casting doubt on the entire transfer amid concerns it could further inflame tensions between the Russians and NATO. And more U.S. businesses now joining in to punish Putin. <laughs> this is McDonald's, the weirdest thing ever right here, too. Like, all right. All right. This is this part, this segment of this video is so fucking strange. This is like some straight up propaganda shit. Like. First of all, who gives a fuck about McDonald's and Starbucks? Nobody gives a fuck about this. When we're talking about airplanes and bombs and shit like this, why do we give a fuck about McDonald's and Starbucks at a time like this? <laughs> it's, it's beyond me what the fuck this has to do with anything. But they really, really, really are bagging on Russia. It's like we're, we're like there's no difference. Between us today witnessing World War Three develop 
and people back in the day, World War II times, witnessing all the propaganda that came out about the Red Scare and communists are evil and all this shit. We laugh at those people. We look back in time and we're like, wow, those people are fucking dumb. How could they believe such fucking ridiculous propaganda? But here we fucking are listening to fucking this bullshit. Listen. Starbucks all suspending operations in Russia and PepsiCo saying it's suspending just soda sales. And through it all, the Russian guns of war have never fully stopped. This graphic social media video verified by ABC shows a tank destroying a car at a junction just over a week ago in Makariv, about 45 miles east of Kyiv. The occupants were killed. In Mykolaiv today, more civilian areas were shelled during a Russian attempt to take the city, but the attack's been repelled for now. Today, a brief lull in the fighting allowed thousands more to flee Irpin, the city just north of Kyiv that's been relentlessly bombarded by Russian forces for days. Well, that is what a Russian ceasefire sounds like. We're on the outskirts of the town of Irpin. We've been hearing the sound of bombardment over the last hour as civilians try to get out, as ambulances try and go in and rescue people, as they try and use the opportunity to get out of the town and to safety. But still, there are dangers. Still, there's bombardments. Fragile, cold and afraid. The weakest residents of Irpin are among the last to be rescued. Among them was retired Russian language teacher Nina Mikhailova, 85 years and old, this right and here, now forced from her such home a by hypocrisy. Putin's war, and she feels betrayed. Such a hypocrisy that we look at Russia essentially defending its territory from NATO expansionism, and we look at them and we're like, wow, look at the atrocities. Oh my God, right? Look at the civilian casualties, blah, blah, blah. Yo, we did not paint any of this in the same light when it came to Syria, when it came to Afghanistan, when it came to any of these other places that we 100% fucked up and no one told us shit about any of that. Our news called them insurgents and that was the end of that. You know what I mean? Oh, these are Ukrainian civilians. Oh, Afghani civilians? Oh, no, those are insurgents. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's ridiculous. She says, I can't believe it. Since my childhood, I thought the Russians and Ukrainians were fraternal people. How could this happen? How could this happen? But through it all, Ukraine... George Soros, that's how this could happen. <laughs> uh, NATO and US powers, that's how this could happen. Come on. It's just it's just crazy. This kind of stuff is beyond us at this point. You know, we, 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 we're really moving on short time these days. Like, we... we We've got to prepare, you know. I hate to be that guy to like warmonger or whatever, but I want to say, everyone, you know, make sure you have one month's supply of food on hand. Make sure you have your canned goods. Make make sure you have some form of defense in your home. You know, we don't know what's gonna happen. You know, we just don't know what's gonna happen. You know, we got we got to be prepared. But this George Soros dude having his hand in everything. It's not just me thinking this. It's like. It's everybody's thinking this. Here, watch this video. Uh, I love this channel, Gravitas. They, they, be, they be doing all kinds of stuff. George Soros. Does that name ring a bell? I'm sure it does. If you take interest in global trends, popular culture, or geopolitics, you may have definitely come across this name. Let's put a face to it. 
This is the man we're talking about. He is George Soros, arguably one of the most controversial figures in the world. With as many supporters as detractors, there are reports celebrating his philanthropy, also those questioning his ideas about the world. For some people, Soros is a legend, a financial guru, one of the most successful investors of all time. Yet some believe he's a man of malicious influence, a billionaire who is able to move markets, someone who can sway politics and opinion. So who is the real Soros? And why is he such a polarizing figure? Hello and welcome to Gravitas Plus. I'm Palki Sharma Upadhyay. Have you ever heard of Black Wednesday? It refers to an event in September 1992 when George Soros and a group of investors forced Britain to withdraw its pound from the European Exchange Rate Mechanism, ERM. In other words, they forced the pound out you know, of existence. Skip a on this How bitch. is this done? Soros plays higher systems. Some accusations are indeed far-fetched, but they say there's no smoke without fire. So even if these are exaggerations, what are they based on? Let's look at how much this man is worth. Soros is among the 10 richest hedge fund managers in the world with an estimated worth of $8.6 billion. Some say he's worth way more than this, given the suspiciously enormous sums of money he gives away for charitable causes. Programs in more yeah, than definitely more than that much. This group gives major grants to organizations and parties that are aligned with its mission and objectives, basically anybody who seeks to shake up the status quo. In Israel, the only democracy in West Asia, the list of grantees of the OSF include a number of Israeli NGOs that deny the legitimacy of Israel. In Palestine, OSF funds NGOs like the Al-Haq and Palestinian Center for Human Rights, both of which are associated with the Popular Front, an outfit designated as a terrorist organization by the US, the EU, Canada, and Israel. What would you call George Soros then? A political activist? Why not? In September 2012, he donated $1 million to a political action committee led by Barack Obama. In 2016, he was the biggest donor to the Hillary Clinton campaign, giving almost $8 million. The move was met with a lot of the biggest donor to the Hillary Clinton campaign was George Soros. And you, this is not a lie. This is literally what happened. He also donated 400,000 pounds to anti-Brexit groups opposing Britain's exit from the European Union, but favored Germany leaving the EU back in 2013. He's a man of convictions and contradictions. In June 2018, Hungary, which happens to be his native country, passed a law dedicated to this man. It's called the Stop Soros Law, aimed at ending OSF funding to organizations that support illegal entry of undocumented migrants. The OSF calls this law authoritarian. Hungary says it is only safeguarding national security. Now, here's the and, thing. And, all right, so look, so this is just a little bit of background on who George Soros is, but... He's also done a lot of things, even here in California. Like, he's the reason why we have George Gascon, the uh, the DA of Los Angeles, who was the DA of San Francisco, who is basically the guy who ruined San Francisco by allowing homeless people to inject themselves in public and shit on the streets and not arresting anyone. That guy is the reason why we have that bullshit going on in L.A. And guess who paid for that? Uh, George Soros, of all people. You know what I mean? So, like, this dude is behind a lot of things. If you look up George Gascon and you look up who his greatest contributor is, it's George Soros. So, this guy has his hand in a lot of stuff. Very strange. Um, the Ukraine the Ukraine thing is just, it's just very interesting to me, you know? It's, it's... 
it's a little bit of everything that we see all the way from World War II to today. This is directly from the George Soros website, georgesoros.com. Toward a new world order, the future of NATO. And this was written in 1993. And here he goes on about the Cold War and conflict zones and the collapse of the Soviet Empire, which, you know, Russia went from like, you know, the USSR collapsed and then it became democratic. And so then this whole thing happened. So everyone got really ballsy when Russia fell. And the only reason Russia fell apart was because they used up all their resources fighting in the war and they beat up basically everybody. They they beat up the Nazis. They, they, they won every war. And only because of that, because their resources were very low, did everyone else in the world think that they could one-up them and start doing things like this. So, you know, and people like George Soros started taking things personally and started really looking closely into what they can do to affect these regions, which is very weird. This is literally directly from his website. Like, I'm not even bullshitting you. You know, and it, you know, it's just it's just very strange. The International Renaissance Foundation. Um, you know, who who is this dude? Um, here is another article of him. Um, George Soros admits responsibility for coup and mass murder in Ukraine. So, um, you know, he again it goes back to the CNN transcript. Here it is. It's literally a real transcript where he literally said this, where. He's like, quote, I set up a foundation in Ukraine before Ukraine became independent of Russia. And the foundation has been functioning ever since and played an important part in events now. That's what he said. So if you don't think that this is some strange psyop thing, I don't know what to tell you, you know. Here are the real transcripts of that conversation from CNN directly, CNN.com. In case you thought this was some type of weird thing, and this whole natural gas, like this natural gas, and has been a big thing in Ukraine for a while. They they were a large producer of natural gas, so like Burisma Holdings and you know Hunter Biden and all that. It has directly tied in. Very weird stuff. But let's 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 look at if if I missed anything. Uh, well, I can't read Ukrainian, so let's give that. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, that's about as far as I can get into it. There's a lot more, but I, I, I would need somebody with me to go back and forth and kind of like, you know, dive deeper into the subject. These are just some of the quick things that I could think of uh, about the Ukrainian conflict that we're not being told at the moment, you know, NATO expansionism, these things we're, 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 we're really, you know, confused at the moment as Americans, we want to know the truth. We want to know what's happening. We want to know why we're doing things. I am literally, I'm like super surprised that progressive liberals just believe whatever the government tells them. They should be the first person to question any of this, you know? Honestly, how can you be against guns? How can you be against the Second Amendment, but then you support giving guns to Ukrainians? I don't understand how that works. 
I literally feel like this meme right here. When you see Ukrainians getting AK-47s on the news. <laughs> Yo, I feel like a Ukrainian right now. I need an AK-47. Give me one, you know? <laughs> they don't need it as much as I do. You know, between Trump being impeached over Ukrainian stuff, Biden and his son being involved in corrupt dealings in Ukraine, uh, you know, potential World War Three coming around. This is how I feel right now, like this damn meme right here. We lived through Y2K, 9-11, the pandemic, two economic recessions, World War Three. That's too much stuff, man. Like we're we're hitting the, the limit of what we can what we can figure out. <laughs> and here's another excellent point. I saw this meme the other day, and I thought this was very interesting. How is it that Vladimir Putin could invade Russia, right? And the news can demonize him in such a way where he's like such a bad dude. But how is it that this dude still has a Twitter? <laughs> it's ridiculous. But but Jack Dorsey didn't think that Trump could have a Twitter. He's like, no, no, fuck, no, Trump, ban, ban Trump. How is the president of the United States banned by Twitter? But not Putin. How is this motherfucker still on Twitter? It makes no fucking sense. It's just one of those many things where, like, we gotta, we just gotta zoom in with a, you know, we gotta zoom in. We don't know what's going on, you know. And th this meme is another excellent example of how we're helping Ukraine. Like, you know, here is <laughs> Frodo saying, "I'll do it." And I'll face Russia. And everyone's like, you have my sword. You have my bow and my axe. But nobody goes with him for the adventure. Like, they just leave the Ukraine to handle that shit on their own. That's literally what's going on right now. We're leaving Ukraine out to dry. Fighting Russia on their own. This is a proxy war, you know. We only ever send these people guns or money. We don't do anything else besides that. Like, let's be real. It's just crazy, you know. It I, I don't know. You guys tell me what you think. You know, am I looking too far into it? Is it simpler than it is? Is it another just uh fact? Are we just liberating another country and giving them democracy? You know, what's going on here? I don't know. One thing I know for sure, though, is that this bullshit wouldn't have happened if Trump was president. And I'm not a fan of Trump. I'm not, I'm not a Trump supporter, but I'm just saying. Biden seems to be a cog in a wheel of a system that has been placed by a bigger system. And this invisible hand making these moves, it seems to me that Trump was not part of that, you know. And maybe maybe there's a reason why he was trying to be impeached. Maybe there's a reason why they didn't want him as president. Maybe there's a reason why the media was against him. There's got to be a reason for all this. You know, there's, you know, and oh my God, I can't even go on about how Biden is trash. He He's absolute trash. He can't even go on television for one second without making a mistake or saying some weird shit. It's ridiculous. But, oh, check this out. This is a video of uh, Putin talking about Soros. Crazy shit. Oh, God damn it. Hold on, I got you, I got you. 
You just said that Mr. Prigozhin is referred to as Putin's chef. Indeed, that is his job. He is a restaurant owner in St. Petersburg. But do you really think that a person who is in the restaurant business, even if this person has some hacking opportunities and owns a private firm in this field, could use it to sway elections in the United States or European country? Could it be that the media and political standards in Western countries have reached such a low level that a Russian restaurant owner can sway voters in a European country or the United States? Isn't that ridiculous? There is such a person in the United States, Mr. Soros, who interferes in affairs all over the world. I often hear from my American friends that America as a state has nothing to do with his activities. There are rumors circulating now that Mr. Soros is planning to make the euro highly volatile. Experts are already discussing this. Ask the State Department why he is doing this. The State Department will say that it has nothing to do with these activities. Rather, it is Mr. Soros' private affair. With us, it is Mr. Prigozhin's private affair. This is my answer. Are you satisfied with it? Yo, Putin is such a thug. This, this fool literally rolls up and just <laughs> says whatever. But you see, his point is that, like, how can we be criticizing Russia for hacking and, you know, meddling in our uh, elections when we have a dude like George Soros meddling in every government, putting his hand in everything, you know? Like, we really can't be saying anything about anything. It's ridiculous. Here's George Soros talking about Ukraine. It's really up to uh, uh, Russia, to, uh, up to Putin, whether he keeps it frozen or whether he renews uh, active uh, uh, warfare, because he, at the moment, has the upper, upper hand. Uh, because he, uh, uh, the uh, Russian army, confronted by the Ukrainian army, the Ukrainian army is no match for Russia. What do you think about developments in the next few months? Will Russia bow to European pressure? Europe uh, needs to act, get its act together and uh, be more uh, active in uh, uh, helping Ukraine uh, fight for itself. It's because Europe, uh, Ukraine wants to be a part of Europe. Uh, and uh, uh, effectively, the attack on Ukraine is indirectly an attack on the European Union. And uh, it's uh, certainly in uh, Europe's duty and interest to enable uh, uh, Russia to, uh, is wild. to fight for its independence. He's literally like saying like, yo, Ukraine is our bitch. Like, we made it our bitch. So if Russia attacks Ukraine, he's literally going to come out here and like defend them like, like we're in jail or something. It's ridiculous. And George Soros, like he, he's highly invested in Ukraine for some reason. It's just, it's just weird. Very weird stuff. But all in all, you know, tell me what you guys think in the comments. I know this is a late night podcast. We're up hella late out here, but you're gonna watch it tomorrow. And you know, like I said, I don't care about you know being demonetized on YouTube anymore. It's whatever. You know, I'm, I'm over it.
I'm just gonna post on this. I'm just gonna do what I want. I've been highly focused on uh on DJing and playing music out anyway, so this is just gonna be my free speech uh free speech platform. So I'm just gonna say what I want when I want on here and I hope you guys uh tune in and check out what I have to say because, you know, we just never know. It's also it's also good to document what's going on because the news and all these things want to tell us one thing, but we really want to focus in and kind of figure out what's going on for ourselves, you know? So I, I appreciate you guys. If you're if you're going to tune in tomorrow, if you're going to listen, check in. That's dope. Leave some comments. Tell me what you guys think. I'll reply, of course. Um, it's always uh, nice to hear from you guys. So I appreciate y'all tuning in. That's about as much as I can talk about as far as Ukraine goes. Yeah, I mean, I hate to think that our own government wants to manipulate us and give us propaganda and tell us what to think, but that's 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 the age we're living in, you know? And I'm not the only person out here trying to say what they got to say. People like Russell Brand and other famous people are, like, out here literally saying what they got to say. So I don't feel alone, you know? But if any, in any case, keep tuning in. I'm going to do a lot of more of these uh, political podcasts. And then, of course, you guys are going to see a lot more musical podcasts because I don't have to worry about copyright anymore. So fuck all that. Uh, I'm just going to upload everything regardless. Um, so stay tuned for more of that. I'm going to do some more DJ tutorials coming up soon. Um, DJ specific uh, tutorial stuff. So stay tuned for that. Um, and then if y'all in the LA area, follow me on Instagram, check out my website, djocult.com and go on there and figure out where, where events I'm at or what events I'm, I'm doing. Um, I'm doing quite a few events this month. So pull up, pull up y'all. Um, I love you guys. Stay fresh. I'm about to sign the fuck out.